Hi, everyone. This is Helena Hart. Welcome back to my Master Your Magnetism podcast. I'm talking with Clayton Olson again today. He's an NLP master practitioner and transformational relationship coach who's been coaching for over 11 years now and has worked with close to a thousand one-on-one private coaching clients. We have a great topic for everyone today. I'm really looking forward to diving into this. So welcome, Clayton. Thank you for joining me again. Yeah, I'm excited, Helena. Thanks for having me on. I think this is going to be a really important topic to dig into. Yes, today we're going to be talking about three archetypes or unconscious personas that actually push men away or block intimacy unknowingly. Do I have that right? That is right. Yes. And these could apply to both men and women, I imagine. But since my podcast audience is mostly women, we're going to be talking about that from the woman's perspective. And we're also going to be talking about some solutions or what to do if you find yourself relating to one of these roles, because this is something we can probably all relate to. So is there anything you want to say before we get started? Yeah, you know, I just want to invite the audience that's listening to listen to this podcast with self-compassion. We're going to excavate some different ways that people unconsciously wear armor in their relationships that can sabotage love and can really get in the way, create a wedge between you and your partner or you and somebody potentially that you want to be with. And it can be really easy to slip into self-judgment, but I just want to assure you that if you can relate to one of these roles, number one, you're not alone. And number two, the more curiosity and levity you can bring to this as you listen to it, the more that you can actually begin to bring the kind of awareness to these types of roles that will help you unpack and unravel this pattern so that you can be more of your authentic, loving and vulnerable self in relationship. That sounds great. And I did want to mention that you have a couple spots opening up for private coaching. So I can include an application if anyone's interested in working with you. That'll just be the first link in the show notes or the description, depending on where you're listening to this. Is there anything you want to say about that quickly before we get started? Yeah, I'm opening up some coaching spots for 2024. And if anything in this podcast resonates with you, and you'd like to do the deeper work necessary to really build a foundation to be ready for relationship and truly approach your intimate connections with more power, clarity, and your authentic self, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And we can talk about what that would look like. Perfect. So let's dive into this topic. What is the first archetype or unconscious persona that gets in the way of intimacy or actually pushes good men away? Yeah. So the first role I call the discarded role. And so the discarded role is playing the role of giving to get. And somewhere in the discarded's life, she begins to believe that she has to give, give, and give, and maybe even give some more in order to be actually loved and worthy of love in her relationships. She operates under this false premise that if she can just give enough, then she'll be enough for him. And so the discarded believes that if she pretends she doesn't have needs in the relationship and that she's able to keep things easy and harmonious and not be a burden to the man that she's with, then the man will have no reason to leave. And so in this way, the discarded gets to feel an illusion of control and safety within the relationship through her excessive giving. And, you know, this role's great at being able to get into relationships with men because she's highly malleable and very generous on some level, but the generosity is typically coming from a fear of losing him. And what often happens is she ends up resenting herself and feeling really depleted and exhausted inside of her connections. Oh, I know a lot of people like that. I can actually relate to that a little bit too in my past. We don't know these things consciously. We just think that we're a nice giving person. And then we wonder why no guy wants to commit to us. (laughs) They might like you and think you're wonderful, but you're just not the one that's chosen. I can Mm. relate to that feeling so much in my past. What kind of man would a woman attract if she's playing this role unconsciously? 
Yeah. So the type of man she might attract if she's entrenched in the discarded role is somebody who's going to be the perfect complement to this role, meaning that they're engaging in the dance with her. In other words, the discarded will typically attract men who will also want the overextended giver in the relationship. And so she'll typically attract men that are takers or possibly emotionally unavailable men that withhold love and affection and give her a reason to do all the work. So they make the space for her to execute this role again and again and again. And this ends up being the perfect match in a way of which the system works. It might not be a pleasurable experience, but the dance actually becomes harmonious in some ways because he's taking and she's giving. And ultimately what happens is the discarded abandons herself and she ends up feeling also discarded by the men that she dates. Mm-hmm. Does this overlap with some of the attachment styles? It sounds like this could be more of an anxious attachment style. Is there any overlap there? Yes, there is. There's definitely overlap. It doesn't always mean that the discarded is operating from an anxious attachment style, but I would say that there's a big overlap that can be present there. Yes. I know a lot of women in my community or just people in general who are drawn to this work can definitely relate to this. If you're listening to this on YouTube, let us know in the comments section, is this something you can relate to? And what can a woman start to do to turn this around? Do you have any action steps or core beliefs that she might want to start becoming aware of in order to start turning things around? Yes, definitely. So one of the things that the discarded believes, we'll just talk a little bit about the foundational beliefs or misconceptions that she may be operating from. So she might be thinking to herself or have an unconscious belief, or maybe it's a very explicit belief inside of her that she is not worthy of love unless she's giving and sacrificing for others. You might also believe that if she doesn't have needs, if she pretends she doesn't have needs, then her partner won't leave her. And there's another belief there that her needs are actually too much for others. So it's best if she minimizes them. She has to earn love through excessive giving. Now, Mm. as we bring more awareness to this foundation of what are often unconscious, we can start to really examine whether those things are actually true or not, and maybe begin to choose different beliefs. But let's actually go from an action standpoint. What can the discarded begin to do? If you find yourself identifying with this role, what can you start to do to unravel this pattern and bring more awareness and choice into it? Well, number one, you can start to identify your own needs and wants. And what I would recommend doing is actually writing them down. Whenever you feel them come up within you, write them down so you've got a document of them and you're actually in relationship with them. So they're not just these kind of fleeting passing feelings, but you've really explicitly made something visible to you so that you can feel what that's like and determine whether it's a request that you want to make. Another thing the discarded can do is just practice saying no to requests when they feel like they compromise your well-being. And I know that can be scary, so start small. And then also have conversations with your partner about your needs that are not being met. That might just look like talking about how you're feeling and making some requests and just noticing that perhaps what if by you bringing your needs to the relationship, you're actually giving your partner a blueprint of how to win with you and get closer to your heart? And what if your needs are actually a contribution to the relationship rather than something that takes away from them? And then another piece too is make sure that if you are in connection with somebody, you schedule regular me time so that you can tune into what you truly want. The discarded has a tendency to get into relationship, feel enmeshed, start to lose themselves in the other person, and they start to lose track of truly how they're feeling in their body and what it is that they truly want. That's fantastic. Those were some really great action steps and things that you can start to become aware of. I think that's probably where getting some coaching can really help if you have some of these deep-seated patterns and core beliefs. So is there anything else you want to say on this first one? Or are you ready to move into the second persona? 
Yeah, I'll just put in a little caveat to all these parts or all these different roles as well. You know, I have seen very successful, intelligent people fall into these roles. Mm -hmm. And often what happens is we find ourselves maybe being a boss and really in our power in other areas of our life. But then we get into connection with somebody. And what happens is we start to slip into these roles that are really old and they come from childhood. And so I want you to know that if you can identify with one of these roles and maybe you have a judgment about it, again, know that these things are typically ancient protective mechanisms and even the most intelligent aware people can sometimes get snagged into them so perhaps that can help you release a little bit of the judgment if you're finding that bubbling up absolutely or i see a lot of people putting judgment out there towards men like men are just takers no men want to commit men just want to take 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 and i'm over here giving and so having this awareness could really help you start to attract a different kind of person or transform the relationship if you're with someone already so what is that second part type that pushes men away or blocks intimacy. Yeah. So we're going to call this one the defender. Okay. So the defender plays the role of I'm the one who takes care of me, but not from a sovereign interdependent way, but from almost like a reaction, like a defense. She builds a moat around herself and she says, I'm the one who takes care of me. Now she initially attracts men because there's a way that maybe she challenges them and she comes across as very confident and independent, but secretly she's afraid of losing control. So she compensates by being very independent and emotionally unavailable to some level, because to be really connected in the relationship, to really let somebody in is actually too dangerous because perhaps they might get too close and start to see the areas of her where she feels like she doesn't have it together, where she feels messy, where she feels weak. And so she keeps people at arm's length. She typically has an easy come, easy go attitude in her relationships because nothing's really at stake. And so the impact of this is that no men really ever get past her guard or she's just suspicious of them. Them and suspicious of their motives. And it's very difficult for her to drop that. So there's very little emotionally on the line in her connections because she doesn't lean into her vulnerability and therefore the relationships have a hard time surviving. Mm, this is one where I see a lot of men can be this way as well. I have a Absolutely. question actually, can people have different combinations of all three of these or are yeah. you mostly one and maybe you have a secondary one? I'd love to hear any thoughts you have on that. Yeah, I would actually say just from my own observation, as well as just looking into my own life, my assumption on that is that we have a primary and then maybe we have a secondary that we move into from time to time, depending on who we're dating and what kind of armor they're wearing. So if we find somebody that is actually more defended than us, we might find ourselves actually slipping into a different role to compensate for that dance so that we can stay in rapport with them. And so I think it is really context dependent, but we often have one that we're really familiar with that we've been doing on repeat most of our life. That is so interesting. Gosh, we could probably do a whole episode just on that, Mm, (laughs) right? Or each one of these, because I just see this all over the place out there. So what kind of a man would a woman attract if she's playing this defender role? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. So the defender is going to be attracted to men who are safe. Typical Mm. nice guys. So you might consider these guys a little weak or not really rooted in their masculinity. Guys who are happy to love her, but here's the thing, they're not really inviting her to open up and to love them. So they're not standing for her vulnerability. They're kind of okay accepting scraps from her. The other ironic piece of this is that a defender might also attract a conquester man. So on the other side of the spectrum, so guys that are actually dead set on winning her over, Mm -hmm. but when they win her over, then they lose interest in her because they finally captured her. 
Yes. So she also may attract emotionally unavailable men who might be playing the same game as her. So eventually this fizzles out because no one is quite prioritizing the relationship, the vulnerability, the authenticity to actually risk anything to actually take it deeper. So just in summary, what we're seeing here is there's just a number of different ways that the way that she's dancing as the defender attracts different types of guys to kind of support that dance on multiple levels. I see that all the time and it can be easy to slip into some of these things without realizing it because mm. on the surface that might be great. I'm independent. I take care of myself. But what are some of the core beliefs that the defender is operating from? Yeah. So a couple of the core beliefs that the defender might be operating from are one, I can only rely on myself to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Two, vulnerability, it actually means weakness. So if I really expose who I am, the messiness, if I show that there's some level of me not having it together, or I need something from this person, I want reassurance in some ways that that is going to be unlovable and I will be cast out. And then another one might be letting someone too close will naturally lead to betrayal and hurt. So I have to keep that at arm's length. And the other one might be another variation of it is it's not safe to actually need other people. And now just notice as I say these, as we're covering these core beliefs, if you feel into them, you can see how the origin of them are definitely not just from the present moment. These are old beliefs that often develop through different types of traumas, different types of circumstances that happen in childhood that are made by a very young mind that didn't have the full picture to make sense of a really painful situation so that we at least have some certainty around how the world operates. And then what happens is we get older, we forget that these programs are running in the background and we start to hit this glass ceiling in our relationships and we're not really sure why. Yes, absolutely. Would this be more of the avoidant attachment style since we talked about attachment styles as it relates to the first one? Yeah, I would say that this overlaps more with the avoidant for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. What can someone start to do if they relate to this? I know so many people can relate to this, especially if they've had a lot of bad experiences in dating. This can just kind of get reinforced. Like I was right to not trust men. I was right to just yeah. want to be on my own and not be vulnerable with anyone. Right. Yep, absolutely. I have worked with a number of women in this scenario in the past. And one of the common themes I see is there's typically a certain sense of suspicion that comes up when they start to feel their partner withdraw or pull away. Mm -hmm. And that suspicion actually kicks them out of their heart and into their mind to try to figure out what's going on. They might start to scheme up ways that they want to check the other person's phone, or they are thinking that maybe they're not important, they're about to be broken up with. And their mind starts taking over and spinning out on all the things that must be wrong with the other person and reasons to discard that other person. And so, you know, I say that in many ways we get kicked into our mind. That's what the defender does. They start to operate in relationship from their mind rather than their heart. And so one of the things that you can do is when you notice that part of you coming out, the suspicious part, the part of you that wants to push away, the part of you that really doesn't want to get hurt, notice yourself withdrawing, take a deep breath, be with yourself and actually practice leaning in and revealing your experience to your partner. I'm feeling hurt right now. I'm noticing myself feeling confused. I'm not feeling connected with you and I would love to feel more connected. I have a story going on in my head that XYZ is happening and I wanted to check that out with you. And so the defender's main thing is how can you lean in and actually be the one to create that connection rather than pull away, which often ends up compounding whatever rupture you're experiencing. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where part of you can say, oh, well, I told you so. We're in rupture again. I was right about this person. They don't love me. And so it's almost like you got to go against the grain of what you're typically used to doing 
do in an automatic and start to move in. Another thing you can do is start to just preemptively talk to your partner when you're not triggered about some of the fears that you have of betrayal and maybe some of the history that you have of being hurt if that's happened and let them know that you're working on this and that maybe you have a pattern where you pull away without actually having a conversation about it. And if you can do this, if you can reveal to them the work that you're doing, number one, I think that's incredibly honorable. Two, it really demonstrates a high degree of intelligence and self-awareness. And finally, you enroll your partner to help you become a better person in relating, which is ultimately what happens in healthy relationships when two people are taking on life together. So lean in rather than lean out. Those were great action steps that someone can take. I love giving really practical things that people can do. And again, I think this is where getting some coaching can really help if you're having a problem breaking out of some of these patterns. Because like you said, usually they were formed in childhood and we just forget yeah. how they came to be. And we're just operating from this place and feeling frustrated that things aren't working out for us in our yeah. love life or any area of life. So is there anything else you want to say on the defender? Are we ready to move on to the third archetype? Yeah, just to piggyback on what you were saying about the coaching piece, what I often see is we can distinguish these places where we can see it objectively when we're not being triggered, when all of our brain is working, when our full adult is online, we can see it and say, ah, yes, I can relate to that. But often what happens is when we recognize a pattern that is the very trigger that starts to push us into armoring up, we lose perspective on mm -hmm. how we're being that role. And so I think the power of coaching, having a mirror in your corner is to help you begin to really sift through the deeper layers of this so that in those key trigger moments, you actually can come back to perspective and pull yourself out of it and dance with it in a more healthy way where you can go from being triggered, having a rupture to suddenly really practicing the skill sets necessary from a sober, balanced place to get your relationship and your connection back on track. That is so true because when we're feeling triggered, we often go into fight or flight. Our blood gets right. redirected to our limbs. Literally, we lose oxygen in our brain. It's almost impossible yeah. to communicate consciously in that moment. So that is so spot on. What is that third unconscious persona that pushes good men away or blocks intimacy in relationships? Yeah, we'll call this one the demonstrated. Okay, so we got the three Ds, the discarded, the defender, and now the demonstrated. And the demonstrated secretly and often unconsciously believes that who she is authentically is flawed and unlovable. She hides behind an image of what she thinks her partner wants. Her gift is adaptability, and she is highly skilled at morphing into whatever she believes her partner wants to be loved and to be worthy of love. Another word for it is she's typically an achiever. There's a way in which she might be really accomplished, and there's a way that she can always put her best foot forward. So underneath the perfect image she projects, the demonstrated feels insecure about being truly seen and known. She's terrified of exposing her real self flaws and all. So she pretends to be the perfect partner, almost like she is auditioning for the role of girlfriend in the relationship. And so she's secretly, constantly seeking validation that her performance is convincing. And this level of inauthenticity often leaves her secretly exhausted in the relationship and then also unable to truly relax because if she was to do that and let down her guard, the fear is that she's gonna be abandoned or rejected if she drops the act. That makes so much sense. That's where everyone says, you're such a catch. It doesn't make sense. You're so beautiful and successful. Mm -hmm. But those are not actually the things that make a man or anyone fall in love and stay in love. And yeah. so they just go through the motions like this over and over and over. I see this a lot. I think I see a lot of men with this one as well. So what are some totally. of the core beliefs that someone's operating from when they're coming from this place? Yeah, my true self is flawed and I'm actually unworthy of love. Two, I have to hide my real self and my struggles to be accepted. 
Three, my value in relationship actually comes from what I do and appearing to be the perfect partner. Next, if people saw the real me, they're going to reject me. And then lastly, I have to constantly work to prove myself in relationships. Constantly. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Again, if you're listening on YouTube, let us know in the comment section, which one of these do you resonate with the most strongly? Or do you feel a combination of all three of them? I'm actually curious, what kind of person would someone attract when they're coming from this place? Yeah. So the demonstrator might attract men who fall for the carefully crafted image that she projects versus who she really is underneath. And so these men often lack the awareness and the depth and the ability to see beyond her exterior. So she might attract men who also feel inadequate about themselves and they enjoy dating an impressive put together woman, but deep down they actually resent her. Alternatively, emotionally unavailable or narcissistic men may enjoy her performance and the ego strokes, but offer very little intimacy in return. I see that all the time in women in my community and people I just know in life, family members and friends. So what can someone do to start to turn this around if they're in that cycle of just trying to prove themselves and be that perfect partner and it's just not working out for them? Yeah, great. So I think the key here is vulnerability and a couple ways of tackling that little steps you can take. And number one, make a list of your quirks, your flaws and your dreams and begin just to appreciate your humanity rather than your perfection. Start to reveal small, real struggles that you have to your partner as a practice and just begin to test that belief that if they saw the real you, they'd leave you. So take baby steps in that direction of revealing the places where you don't have it together. And then also ask your partner for feedback on when they actually feel most connected to the real you. That might be an interesting strange question to ask. And just notice that what you might get as some information is that, wow, they actually feel more connected to you when you're not being perfect, which will continue to reinforce taking the mask off and start to redefine some of these core beliefs. So we start to gather evidence in the other direction. This is such powerful information. I can see how this is going to help so many people out there. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say on this last one? Or do you want to recap these three really quick? And I'd love to hear any last words of wisdom you have on this topic. Sure. Yeah, it's just to recap it. So the discarded role is the role that plays giving to get. And she believes that she has to give, give, give and give some more and not have any needs in order to be loved in the relationship. The defender role is the woman or the man who is fiercely independent and secretly believes that if they got too close that they might be engulfed or lose themselves or lose control, which would have them appear as someone who's unlovable. And then finally, the demonstrated role is the woman or man who is putting on a bit of a performance and believes that she has to be the perfect person in order to be loved. And that relationship requires a very performative role on her part in order to keep it going. Fantastic. And I'd love to hear any last words of wisdom you have on this topic or anything else about coaching. I did include a link to your coaching application if anyone's interested in private coaching to help start turning some of these patterns around or anything else that would be helpful in their love life. Or I know you actually work with people in all areas of your life, right? Anything you want to mention about that? Yeah, definitely. And the thing that I'll talk to is just, I want to point in a direction for the women that are listening right now. And then I can kind of roll that into coaching. All of these roles, what they have in common is there are ways in which we learn to protect our heart that have worked for us for a very long time. And in fact, many of these roles often create a certain level of success materially in our lives. 
there's positives to each one of these roles. Mm-hmm. And although we talked about the negative of them today, there's ways in which these things are really powerful allies. And so what happens though in relationships is this armoring that we have ends up firing in contexts where what's actually required is our heart. And so the more that you can keep moving into your heart and bringing your heart into your relationships, that vulnerable, open, emotional aspect of yourself where you can bring it not from a place of like asking for approval, but really see that that is a contribution to a man's life, the more the armor becomes begins to shed. You know, I've had the saying that I think women are truly the gatekeepers to the emotional worlds for a man because the majority of men disown an emotional part of themselves growing up. They're shamed for crying, displaying weakness, being overly excited or displaying affection. And when a man comes in contact with a woman who is really connected to her heart and has been able to shed this layer of armor, he can begin to reclaim and find parts of himself when he is with you and emotionally connected to you as a woman. And so there is such power available to the the intimacy and the lifeblood of a relationship that's available when you start to bring your real self into it. And truly, this is the work that I love to do with people, both men and women. And in this case, with your listeners who are primarily women, I've been working with women for over a decade at this point, helping them make this maneuver, beginning to let go of these patterns that are blocking them from being able to be fully alive and show up as their authentic self in relationship. And I love it. It's really powerful and it bleeds into every area of your life as you get this handled. It really does. I'm so happy that you've opened up a couple spots for private coaching. I just love being able to send women in my community to really high quality top coaches. You are definitely one of them at the top of that list. So again, the link to apply, if you're interested in learning more about private coaching, that'll be the first link in the show notes or in the description. If you're listening on YouTube, I'll also add it to the comment section if I can. This was really, really great. Thank you so much for everything you shared here today. I hope we can do more episodes on this soon. I think we could probably do an episode on each one of these. <laughs> mm. There's so much we can talk about here. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Helena. And thanks for everybody for listening and being present to this. Yes. And feel free to leave me a rating or write a review if you're listening on my podcast. On Spotify, that's at the top of my podcast homepage. On Apple Podcasts, that's at the bottom of my podcast homepage. Five-star ratings help my podcast out a lot. It helps get this message spread to more people so we can really share this knowledge of self-love and empowerment and tuning into your authentic self and radiating that out so you'll naturally become magnetic to the life and relationship you've always wanted. This was fantastic, Clayton. Thank you again. And thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next time. The biggest mistake women make when a man is hot and cold, acting distant, or pulling away is something called a connection barrier, and it only pushes him further away. If you'd like to read about what a connection barrier is so you don't accidentally make it, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.